0: You are listening to an oral history recorded as part of Crafty So-and-Sos, a Heritage Lottery funded project led by Red to Green. This oral history features Jane Starnes, a traditional weaver. She was interviewed by Ruby Wallace, Jack Sugg and Grace Worsworth clark at Swarth and Warbeck Primary School. When I was about your age, or probably even slightly younger than you, um, I was given my first loom for Christmas. It was a Sears children's loom, and I was hopeless. I made some very wonky scarves, and they sort of dipped in and out, went very narrow at some parts, and, and the tension wasn't very good. And then over the following years, I've done all sorts of crafts. So I didn't actually come back to weaving on a loom until about 10 years ago. But I've done other things which are types of weaving but not with a loom. So I've been a lace maker and lace making is just another form of weaving. But um, you have the, the bobbins and crossing over the bobbins and working with those creates your loom and you have a pattern that's sort of pricked out on a piece of card to show what your pattern's going to be but it is a form of weaving. About 12 years ago I bought a spinning wheel and I thought yes I fancy having a go at spinning. So I bought this spinning wheel on eBay and I then got a book from the library and started to teach myself to spin. So then what do you do with all the wool and all the yarn that you've then spun where you can knit it obviously part of this project is about knitting so I've knitted some items but I'm not a particularly fast knitter so I said to my husband don't worry I'll never buy a loom and we went to Lavenham where they had a spinning and weaving open day and they had people demonstrating weaving and I thought well no that's just going to take up too much space no don't worry Mike I'm not going to buy a loom and then I went to an event at Cottenham Village College where they had the spinners and weavers again doing a demonstration and they had some lovely table looms, people doing all sorts of intricate patterns and I thought, oh no, actually I do fancy that. So I looked on eBay and um, I bought a loom and then I continued to sort of look on eBay and bought another loom. Um, I got a book out of the library again and I started to teach myself... Weave and I'm still teaching myself to to weave. That's the one thing about doing any crafts or anything in life. You're constantly learning. The more you put into something, the more you get from it. And I'll always continue to, to learn when I'm making lace. Every pattern that I do when I'm weaving, I learn something new. So that's really how I started. And so I've only been weaving for the past 10 years. It started as a cottage industry, and then the Industrial Revolution took over. But it's now gone back to being much more something that you would do as a hobby. A lot of people do weaving as a a hobby in their homes. Not many people actually can make a living from, from weaving. My grandmother taught me to crochet when I was probably about seven or eight I immediately forgot when I was about nine and had to learn again when I was a teenager. My other grandmother taught me to knit and I continue to knit. My sister knits but otherwise and my mother knits a bit um, but otherwise nobody else is quite as crazy about doing all sorts of crafts as as I am. I do a huge variety. Weaving really was very much a cottage industry so people who had a small holding would have, a, it might be a table loom, it might be a floor loom and it, it may take up a complete room of their cottage. That then changed in the industrial revolution and with steam power and water mill power. And there were massive mills, the cotton mills, the the wool mills. They made a lot of money, a lot of large churches in this area that were built on the wealth that came from wool. So around Lavenham and Great Melford, the churches there are from the wealth of wool in this area. So there would have been mills, but on a much smaller scale. And then the Industrial Revolution, so then there were massive mills and children would be employed to run underneath the mills. If a thread was broken on the mill, they would have to get underneath the mill, underneath the threads, to try and tie a, a new thread in and not get caught under the machinery. Really dangerous. Lots of children badly hurt doing that and they had to bring in laws to say that children should be at school and you shouldn't be working but that was in the late 1800s about 1870 they said no children have to go to school so you start off you decide what you want to make so that will then determine what thread you want to use how wide the piece of material is going to be how long it's going to be because once you've threaded your loom, that will determine how long the piece is going to be. So you have to actually do quite a lot of sums before you start doing anything. So you have to wind a warp. So you have two threads on the loom. The warp thread runs to the length of the material, and the weft thread runs crossways on the material. So once the warp thread has been measured, That can't change. So you may want to make one metre of fabric or you may want to make ten metres of fabric. So you have to measure each of those warp threads. They all have to be the same length. So you have a warping board. That's a a frame, a warping frame. It's a frame that has pegs in it and you measure the yarn across these pegs and you go backs and forwards across the pegs so that you've got... Your warp threads all measure the same length. In industrial looms, you could have 120 threads per inch that you need to wind for that warp. In practice, for me, for a hobby weaver, I'd probably be more likely to do something like 30 threads per inch or even 10 threads per inch. Once you've finished the warp thread, you've made your fabric, you then cut off the warp from your loom and you wash it so that the threads all then relax together. And you finish the fabric, iron it and, and use it for whatever it is that you've proposed to in the first place. Yarn can be anything, really. It can be wool, it can be silk, it can be, can be linen... These all come from different things. So linen comes from plant material, wool comes from sheep, and silk comes from silkworms. But you can weave anything, as long as you've got... There are lots and lots of different patterns. You can do a very basic pattern of just lifting every other thread. So you can lift alternate threads, and that would be a very basic piece of material. But, they so say, when you've got the, the heddles and the different shafts, you can get looms with different number of shafts. first loom that I had that was my children's loom, that had one heddle that you either had the, the threads going up or the threads going down. So alternate threads would go up or down. A loom that I have at home has eight shafts on it. And so you can lift a different combination of threads on each pass and make very complicated patterns and you can depending on the threads you use you can use a thicker shiny thread just to lay some threads over the top and make different patterns so it depends on how many shafts you have the the thread you have and it can be simple it can be complicated. My nephew was getting married and he was having a, a wedding that was being held in the woods, and. Um, so, it was going to be quite relaxed outfits, and I thought oh well i'll I'd only started weaving probably a year or so before, so I thought I'll make myself a nice wrap to wear, and so I spun some of the fibers and I bought some and made the wrap, and then had to go and find an outfit to go with it. So that was something that I really enjoyed doing. Um, no one else would have the same thing at the wedding you wasn't you know I wasn't going to clash with anybody else. Another thing that i'm i um, very pleased with I was visiting my sister who lives in Australia and um, wanted to make something special for her so I've learned a different technique which was overshot which you had a pattern which sort of stands on the outside and I made a, a runner for her table so I know when I chat with her on Skype that um, I can see it in the background so so that's nice it takes quite a long time it can take me a week to weave a scarf Uh, So you normally want to be putting extra effort into something special for somebody that you know. A lot of the time I'm making something for somebody special or for a special event, but I also now do have a stall at um, a local farmer's market. I'm always wanting to, to learn new techniques, so it's quite nice to... Have a go making a different scarf different pattern, and I now am selling some of my scarfs at the farmers' market so that's quite fun and it's nice to have the feedback from other people. Your family are always going to be polite they're always going to to say that's that's lovely well done you're you know you're making something else for us and um, but it's it's nice for people that you don't know to come along I don't particularly worry if people aren't going to buy something every week but it's very nice if someone I don't know comes and says that's beautiful. I'm not sure it'll ever make a real comeback although lots of people are taking up crafts again. I think there was a time probably about 20 years ago that everybody just wanted new plastic stuff and actually lost sight of the value of some of these crafts I think people are appreciating them people are knitting again and there are magazines that are encouraging people to have a go and that's what I like people to do just have a go if you have a go and put a bit of effort into something that you've made no one else is going to have anything that looks exactly the same as that Um, you can make something in your own colours and and I think people when they do have a go will you know enjoy what they've made and if they give it to friends, family, they'll enjoy it much more than something that's bought. It is extremely therapeutic. All the crafts I do, very therapeutic. Some of it is like a logic puzzle. With all of these things you're learning, you're having a having a go. So you, if you've got things that you're worried about, you switch off from those because you have to concentrate on what you're doing. You can rush through making things and might get mistakes, but then you're sort of losing the point of making something yourself. Some of the idea is that it, it is unique, it's handmade and you have the opportunity to make it well. It's it's lovely, I've got a shed at home where I weave and and I sew. You can listen to the radio and just some nice cereal or something on the radio while you're weaving and then you suddenly realise you've woven a beautiful piece of cloth and it's sort of two hours later and you can't beat it really, it's lovely. You can make looms out of pieces of cardboard and just do some small projects, make something for your mum, your granny. (laughs) The process is quite complicated, isn't it? It Um, is. I think that might yeah it needs a bit of diagram to actually to really be able to understand the the principle of oh the other thing that i do i mean there's there's weaving on the loom but there's also basket weaving so that was another thing that i've i've had a go at doing um i tend to if i need something um try and make it myself so i'm i'm quite mean so i i will go and into the um countryside and and maybe collect some some branches and if I need a basket then i'll um now make one, or if I need a bag, I'll dye some material and make one <laughs> so so it's have a go whatever you make is is then unique. my scarves um I sell for Fifty pounds, um, but I have seen another local weaver, um, and I would say she is better than I am. Um, but her scarves sell for about two hundred and sixty pounds. Um, but say it, it takes when I'm when I'm making a scarf, it takes uh, about a couple of hours, two, three hours. To wind the warp, it takes um, probably probably a weekend for me to um, to thread the warp onto the loom now this is i I do have three dogs, so I have to go out and walk those quite frequently um, but and then it might take depending on how complicated the weave is going to be if i 'm just lifting alternate threads or if i 'm doing a a complicated pattern of lifting the eight shafts in different different ways, um, but it could take me a week to weave the um, the scarf. So for me, as as somebody that's just doing this in her shed, it could take me ten days to to weave a scarf, and then I sell it for fifty pounds. And the it might have taken me. Um, some of my scarves I also spin the wool or silk wool mix and so that could take me a week to spin enough thread for the scarf. I mean I I enjoy the process and I'm learning from the process and if I sell them for £50 then I can get some more yarn to or thread to have a go again, I also use some of the the raw wool fiber to make felt, so I can make felt bags to to put um, a tablet in something like that so I make you know, make felt bags and felt bowls um, to keep my earrings in and things like that. I make jewelry um, so make necklaces and earrings and bracelets so sometimes weave um, some bracelets Um, I make baskets I make lace I crochet I dye fabric so anything that's out there if it looks interesting I'll have a go and you never know you might not enjoy it and think well that's a one-off I won't do that again but you might actually enjoy it so it's always worth having a go and seeing whether it's something you might enjoy.